Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. My name is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister. This week, we talk about the Christmas story, and we're talking about coming out of that darkness. So when the angel talked to Zechariah and the angel talked to Mary, we're coming out of 400 years of really God not, at least recorded, uh, God not uh, talking to people and, and not showing up in big ways as we're accustomed in the Old Testament. So uh, this week we talk about what that means for uh, not only the people there, but even us today and God showing up and again, them coming out of that darkness. So we start with John the Baptist and we talk about Jesus as well. And uh, I think you know what it means, but uh, uh, such a special story. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, come visit us here in Mont Bellevue. We'd love to have you. Have a great week. Uh, the unfortunate thing of ministry is you go into ministry and you can't be with your friends and family all the time on Sundays. You can't worship with them because you're you're working. And so uh, they gave me a hard time on the way to preach and said, uh, uh, Mr. John, uh, we'd like you to go shorter that day. I said, listen, I'm, I'm not only going to go shorter, I'm going to look you square in the eye and, and say, you know, in conclusion. And so after after the sermon, I did exactly that, and I thought, man, I got him. And so I talked to these were probably a teenage girl, 12, 13 at the time, and I said, did you catch that? Did you see what I did? And they said, they took a second and said, yeah, Mr. John, I heard you say in conclusion, but then you spoke for a lot longer after that. <laughs> well, fair enough, probably did. But thank you, Paul, for leading us in, in worship this morning, kind of directing our, our hearts and minds as we... As we think about what, what Christmas means and, and the gift that God gave each and every one of us. How many of you had your, your family Christmas this morning or yesterday? You had it already? Several of you have. Some of you still to go, okay? Still a lot to look forward to. Um, still have, still have a, a little bit of FOMO, even though we've had our, our family thing and Santa coming this morning, but then... You guys are having some stuff later on, and I kind of want to, you know, be a part of that, too. But so much fun this time of year, and uh, as, we, as we gather together as families and just are able to spend this time together, um, as, we, as we think about, again, this, the, the gift and the meaning of, uh, of Christmas to all of us, I'm, our reading this morning is going to be from Luke chapter 1, and this sermon is, is just titled, out of the darkness, and we'll get, we'll get more into that in just a minute. So Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5, a little bit longer reading. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, like all people named John. <laughs> For he will, 
for he will be great. <laughs> for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Notice he didn't call her old. <laughs> the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most, Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This account like many things that we read in Scripture, we can often read without the context around it. And so when we read a, a, a biblical passage like this, we might think about Zechariah, and we might think about Mary and think, well, yeah, I would have been faithful too because of this thing that, that happened in our lives, and all of these things were happening, these miraculous things, angels talking to people. Can you believe it? Because I think a lot of times we read these passages thinking about all of the Old Testament. We think about the stories of God talking with Abraham, God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve, God talking to the prophets, sending fire down on altars for Elijah, and all of these miraculous things that happen. But we forget when the angel comes to both Zechariah and Mary and calls them both faithful, that they had been faithful for about... 400 years with no prophets to speak. They had been faithful in a time where they weren't even in a free country. Their country was occupied by Rome. 
And so they had every reason to look around and, and say, man, I know all the stories, but where is God now? They had every reason to look around and think, man, maybe this whole God stuff isn't real. But what did the angel say in both instances? You have found favor with God. He found faithful people living out their lives. And so what I see in this story, and we, and we know how these stories go, right? This is the beginning of John the Baptist, a man who would live this prophetic life going out into the wilderness, understanding he has a mission to pave the way for the coming Messiah. And yeah, John does a lot of weird stuff, and even though I made a comment earlier, I prefer not to live out in the wilderness wearing camel's hair, as nice as that, nice as that may be. Maybe you've got camel's hair on today. My dad owned one of those camel hair jackets. Um, they were always the same color. I, can't, I don't know if they were different color camels, but they're always the same color. <laughs> I prefer not to get out and eat locusts. But John was a faithful person who carried on this legacy from a faithful family. Mary, obviously, had, had, was a faithful person in her teenage years from a faithful family that had taught her about God. And so when I read these stories, and I know what John goes on to do, and I know the life that Jesus lived, this perfect life that, that really blesses all of us in the way that he lived that perfect life so that when we sin and fall short, that's taken care of because of the way he lived and the way he loved. And when I see this, I think about these are normal people. These aren't people who uh, all of their life saw all of these miraculous things, and so they didn't really have to have faith. All they had to do was look around and see all of these crazy things going on. No, they were living a normal life, following God day in and day out, and that's what's that's what we're called to do each and every day. We've been going through an Advent book uh, with the boys, so every every day in December we've been reading at night, and it's been a real hit because they're they're looking forward looking forward to it, and even even on nights like Friday nights we let them stay up a little late. Uh, we still get that reading in before bed, and so uh, I think it was last night or maybe maybe the last couple of nights when we get done reading. Evan will say, man, that's, that's awesome, but it's kind of hard to believe. That's real life, isn't it? And I spank him and then tell him he needs to believe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but to me, that, that's profound, real life. And so when we explain what faith is, that faith is... It is believing something that I can't, I can't point and tell you, here's exactly, I don't have the proof in my hand to give to you. There, there's no way I can sit down with uh, my spreadsheet, Heath, because I'm an engineered mind, you know. I can't sit down and, and prove to you. But I, but I know the stories, and I know that Jesus came to earth, and he did all of these things for me, and that's enough that God loved me enough to send his best gift, his one and only son, 
for me and for all of you. And you think about all the millions of people. You remember how God promises this great promise to Abraham. Abraham and Sarah, as they're up in age as well, even laughing when God says, you're going to have descendants as numerous as the sands on the seashore, as the stars in the sky. I would laugh too. Y'all know you would. But even thinking of that, you think of how few people actually experienced the miraculous. Those are the stories that stick with us, aren't they? That God talks to Noah and guides him through the building of the ark. Again, Elijah doing everything he can to wet down the altar and say, there's no way you're going to be able to explain this other than God's going to do it. But for most of us, that isn't our story. We live a life of faith built on those coming before us. Even Jesus, as he prayed, prayed for the people that would come to belief because of the testimony of his disciples. Not because they experienced something just out there and outstanding in the world, but we came to faith because of the testimony of the people around us. And so that's what we're called to do. As we think about this this Christmas gift, it is, a, it is a story that blesses each of our lives, but it's only an important story if we believe it and want to share it. This is not a gift to be taken and just brought in. Uh, the Prothros were so sweet to us last night. They, uh, they had us over for their family Christmas time, and they played a game. Anybody ever played the game left, right, center? Okay, so... Not the only one. See, for the longest time, I thought Katie's family was the only one where we were throwing dollar bills around on the table like that. But last night, um, Logan and Katie won left, right, center. And Logan, in that moment, thought he was the richest guy on earth. Just, you know, he's doing the whole, you won at the poker table type thing. Give me all the chips. And we think about our, our gifts that way, but Jesus is a gift that you, you, you not only take in like that, like we talked last week about this hidden treasure that the kingdom of God is like this hidden treasure that you would give everything you have to have it. Jesus is also the gift that once you have it, you've got to share it. And that begins with your family. That begins with your, your, your wife, your, your, your sons, your daughters, your grandkids. Because a life of faith starts right here in each of our families. It's a very uh, difficult thing. And I know Jordan would tell you and, and my work in ministry would tell you that uh, when you're talking about our teens, Jordan can teach the, the right thing every week. But if what the teens get all the time at home goes against that, it's very difficult to lead people to Jesus. And so this morning, as we think about the gift of Jesus, I want to ask you, have you accepted him? And number two, if you've accepted him, you've pledged your allegiance to him, are you also sharing that gift? As we think about coming into Mount Bellevue, if you've missed the announcement, we, we sold the Lakewood building. Praise God, it's gone. Where's Jimbo? Jimbo, you should have stood up. When, and, <laughs> I could have <laughs> Jimbo was doing maintenance on that building, and what a blessing it is to not, not have to do that. And we're supposed to close on the land still end of, end of January, 
And so we are going to be in this place. We are going to be in this community. But Lord, help us if we're just here to exist. Lord, help us if we've just come just to say, hey, we moved to a new place and we'll just rally the troops and stay in our one little circle. Because Jesus is a gift to all. When we think about the star that the shepherds followed, they didn't have GPS like we do. I don't go anywhere without GPS, first of all, because Houston traffic's horrible. And I need to get around that mess. But I think, I think about their journey, just as our faith journey, that we have to follow in a general direction. I don't know exactly where this is going to lead. I don't know the end point of where this is going to take me, but I follow in faith, knowing that God, as he said this morning, what God says will always come true. And I want that for my life. And I want that for my family. And hopefully in 30, 40 years when Evan has his first kid, <laughs> he'll be reading an Advent book. And his son will look up and say, Dad, that's, that's something. But it's kind of hard to believe. And he'll think back on this time and think, what a life of faith is like. And hopefully he'll talk about his dad and his mom and the life of faith that we shared with them. Because that's what it's all about. But I just want to ask you this morning, if you haven't accepted Jesus, the gift from God, would you not do that right now? Be baptized into his name and start that walk with him. If you have any need at all, would you come as we stand inside?